Hi, everyone, and welcome back. It's Sunday. I'm going to talk about the podcast that I put up yesterday titled Soulmates Handled with Care. And an email that I received in reference to that, which was, it was pretty important because I'm pretty sure that a, a lot of people listening may have also have this mindset that the person describes in their email. There's always that flip side of the coin, that other way of thinking that someone would have. And you always have to ask yourself, does your way of thinking benefit you emotionally and mentally and energetically? Has it? Does it? You know, and she states, this is a long time viewer. I know about her story personally. So she writes, can you explain why we should be so gentle and considerate with our soulmates when some of them have been so awful to us? This is a very good question, a very good point she's raising. Yes, they are they are at a certain stage, and yes, they are healing, but it's not like they took our healing or our feelings into consideration. I'm well past my experience now, and I can remember how it ended so badly. I had to end it over email. I couldn't do it in person, but I wanted to. I was as gentle as I could be, but had it been in person, it wouldn't have gone that way. Now, when you know how somebody's reaction or response is going to be in person, you know to use that common knowledge that you know about them and know about how things could get volatile if you two have that conversation in person. You will take that into consideration. Also, so ask yourself, well, why were you gentle? With them, you stated that you ended as gentle as possible, and then you're asking me if I can explain why you all should be gentle and consider why were you gentle when you were ending it? Your your this that group two that I was talking about about soulmates. Listen to that podcast again, and I taught as explained that group two are people that the well-being of their soulmate is important to them, whether they're with the soulmate or not. It's not about just being with them for this group. They would care about the person's well-being like that for some reason. So they would be not gentle because the action they would be taking would not be gentle. They would be blocking them. You were gentle and gave the person an email and want to do it face-to-face, the guidance that I gave group two was to, they are actually blocking the person, not giving them any explanation, none of that, no email, no text, no face-to-face, anything for that group. But their their soulmate's well-being, is them healing is important to this group, whether they have the person or not. They will be able to do this because this specific group will have come into a position of strength. When you realize that you're in a true position of strength, why not be cordial when you're ending it? Why not be? If you realize that you're in a position of strength, you're in a position of self-empowerment. So despite how the person is going to respond, why not be in your position of power, in your position of strength? They, their guidance was to, so obviously you weren't a part of group two. Because, okay, so their, 
their guidance was to, they would have to block the person, block all communication with the person because that's the only way to sever the karmic cords. Even though they're in a position of strength, they're in a position of empowerment and strong enough to do this now, the person is still connected in them in their lower ego, in a lower state. So the cords are intact for the person. And the only way that they would be able to have any type of engagement is if they go to that lower vibration of the person and accept the invitation to go back into the karmic pattern that they were in. Because remember, group two were actually taking the reins of not allowing that to happen. And the only way that's not going to happen if they cut off engagement completely, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and practically like that. And But they, for this group, it's important the person's well-being whether they're going to be with the person or not is not solely about that. Their well-being is important. It's for people that their soulmate could have been a drug addict. Their soulmate could have been an alcoholic. Their soulmate could have had highly toxic abandonment issues. Their soulmate could have been that type of person. And it would have been very destructive for the one that has awakened first in their life in a different way. And that person's well-being is important to them. Their well-being is important. What happens to them is important. But the connection and them maintain the connection wreaks havoc and wounds the person, the soulmate that has awakened. Okay, so you're not a part of group two. You will most likely be a part of group one, not caring about the person's well-being. Caring, but not caring like, okay, you don't care if they heal or anything like that. It's just that you want out. Okay, it would be where, as I stated, you can have that face-to-face -face conversation. I stated it wouldn't be a conversation that need that needs to happen through email or text. But in your specific case, for all of you, if you know what type of person you're dealing with, okay, and you know they'll slap you if you say it in person or to blow out of proportion, okay, you know not to meet them in person. You will use common sense like that. Now... Is that way. I also want to talk about group three in the soulmate experience that I didn't mention. A way that these ties could be severed is because with group two, those soulmates are actually going to go through the dark night of the soul to have their awakening, but it won't be whether or not they'll be with the, the soulmate that has awakened. It would be about them not that that soulmate that has awakened not being in the middle of the soulmate that needs to be awakened, their connection with the universe and the universe taking care of their awakening. The soulmate in the middle would be the like the buffer that doesn't allow that to happen. That's why they would need to remove themselves completely. And those people will have their awakening. They'll deal with whatever it is that they were not having to deal with, with that soulmate that cares about them so much, about their well-being and about them healing, that them being that buffer and not really allowing that to happen, but and thought that they could heal them by being a participant in their life, but they can heal them by removing themselves from their life is when they actually heal. Like that. So that's a different circumstance. Now, this group three is, some of you can have soulmates where, is where the connection between you two throughout the experience may have been kind of different. They most definitely were your 
match as it relates to what you need to learn at a soul growth and evolution level. Potentially what they need to learn also, but I'm focused on you. So they would both definitely have been your match of you coming into an understanding of what you need as it relates to love and what you have to offer as it relates to love and healing whatever it is that causes you to need this specific soulmate. Now, or this soulmate experience in general. This soulmate, you the, the type of relationship you two may have had may have been very unique. For all soulmate relationships, they serve a different purpose, even though you all can sit in a group and talk so much yourself, and there are a lot of similarities about the soulmate experience. This is a soulmate relationship that you and this person could have, the connection lasts for a long time. The energy between you two up into the end is where that space for you to heal was there. They may not have changed drastically much as it relates to them being the person for you. So you would already know that they're not your life partner, but it would be like a weaning away for you from them. And they are the correct person that is steadfast in your life in a significant way that you could do that with. Now, this is a different, unique group of soulmates like that. They will feel that you're the one up until the end. They feel that you are the one. You will know that you're not the one. And... They would know that you're open for the one. These conversations would have been had. They would know that. Their connection is different. Anything relating to a true and real remote romantic connection that you will have between someone is not intact anymore. But the connection itself is intact, but just differently. This person, it could be because of what their own experience is with you and them feeling that you're the one, will be with you up until you turn that corner of potentially even meeting the one and the one coming into your life. As if that, that soulmate is not a guy, but some type of energetic companion. as it relates to your well-being and you've been that for them in a different way. And this is unspoken. There's freedom. There are no expectations of them from you or you from them. There's a different type of unique experience there. Now, where the error comes in is if somebody 
the one that has awakened, the other one will have awakened too to their some type of connection that you two have. Now, thinking that you're the one. The one that they're supposed to be that to or for, I don't know what the thought would be. The only problem or issue that would come up there is that if you all that are listening would try to have expectations from them now presently and have them fit the build of what you want in a life partner and you knowing that that is not them and then getting irritated when they prove that to you. Okay. It's like, cause that's not what they are. It's a unique situation. This with no heavy karma should be happening. That should be over. But this is like something else as if they walk you and as you become hand in hand with your life partner, it's some type of situation, some of that, you, and that that would be your ending. It was a weaning away for them and a weaning away for you. A happy one. Like that. Because all the emotional and mental energy of this connection would have dissolved through some type of ongoing alignment. So that's going to be unique. That can only be for a small portion of you. you your well-being becomes utmost to them in a very different way than you saw when you were in the romantic relationship. When their well-being was the utmost to you. It's like some type of exchange of energy is going there. And I go deeper with these like that, but I'm not. So ask yourself this question, those of you that feel that, and I didn't excuse the soulmate's behavior. I've been doing soulmate work since I started YouTube with healing. I know all about soulmate relationships and karmic relationships. Anything the soulmate is doing, I know what they're doing, what their MO is, why they're doing it, what your response is going to be, what their response is to you about their wounding, why they're wounded, how they look at you as it relates to that. Now, is so I sympathize with them also. Now, is you all are the one that are listening. It should be awakening first. So is so ask yourself about this with so many those of you that feel that well, they were cruel to me, they were horrible to me, they were this, they were that, they didn't treat me well, they didn't take my feelings into consideration. You would still be under the energy. You would not have healed because when you heal, you see, you expect wounded people to treat wounded people in a way that wounds them. And you know that you should move yourself out of the dynamic like that. Because I could flip that question and say, well, why did you stay so long as it was so horrible? Okay, like that is. And you could say, well, because you love them. And I will say, well, why couldn't you end the situation and send them off in love? Whenever you end soulmate relationships, 
no matter what group, no matter what the dynamic is, you want to have that balance of what you're feeling in your mind and heart. I'm doing what's best for me first and foremost. And I want this for me. And then I'm doing what's best for them. And I want this for them. This positivity, equal to your positivity. And you send them on your merry way. That's cutting cords. Because let me tell you something. If you don't, this is how you know you have another soulmate experience coming. Or you are taking baggage. Or you have extra healing to do because something, somebody will trigger something romantically. Because that's not the way that you felt like that. Sometimes the healing starts after the person leaves the soulmate relationship. Sometimes they have more soulmates than they heal from all of them in a combination. And then sometimes if we heal within that experience, we, we, we realize our power and our position of strength within the experience. We can lead the experience healed like that. What determines your healing, your state of mind and your emotional state as it relates to what you've gone through and how you see things differently. That doesn't get them a pass, but it puts you in a position of power of understanding what the dynamic was about, understanding your place in it, why you two cross paths, why you thought they were the one, why they weren't, and why you ended it with no regrets, with no animosity, with no hard feelings. Healed. Don't rush that because you can't rush the process of soulmate relationships. As I stated, group two, we need to cut them off cold turkey and stay steadfast with it. Move on. Be happy. Like that. And see what the universe, whatever you believe in, brings into you spiritually in the future. As it relates to the person that you're supposed to be with. Whenever you leave soulmate relationships and you have baggage or karmic karmic cords saying I'm leaving doesn't mean you're not leaving with baggage. Your mental and emotional state as to the relationship is your baggage. Whenever you leave those relationships, you want to make sure that you're not taking any baggage with you. Or before you get in the next relationship, you want to make sure that you are completely over and healed from the other one. Or you're just encountering soulmate after soulmate. Like that. That's the way you want to leave relationships. Soulmate relationships. Because their purpose is for you to heal and not focus on the other person so much. Even group two, wanting them to heal and that being important to them, still I'm telling them to cut the connection and make it, make it about what they need and what the person needs equally. When you heal, you in a soulmate relationship, you end it. I'm doing what's best for me because this is what I have to offer romantically. And I'm doing what's best for them. And this is what they, I wish for them romantically, that equal positivity. That's a healed person like that. I remember with my children's father, my first husband, when they were growing up, I would never say any, I've never said anything negative about him. And they grew up with him. We were married. I never said anything negative about him. I let them see with their own eyes. I would hope, was hoping that they would see the positive. 
but I never said anything negative about them, about about him. Because I knew that that was their father and their experience was going to be unique and individualistic with him as it relates to death. And I wasn't going to rob them of that. And I allowed them to come to their own conclusion about him like that. So, because you don't want to interfere with that, because I feel that I'm the one that chose him as a husband. So that was me and his marriage. Him being their father was a completely different issue. They became adults. They began to see him through their own eyes. They, he was a great father to them when they were younger. And then when they got adults, became adults, they would be able to look back with their own mind, see things through their own perspective, as rest of me and him personally, and come to their own conclusion that I still don't comment on or speak about because I want their experience as it relates to him and how they see him to be through that father, daughter, father, son experience. And I'm not going to tamper with that like that. I dealt with the ending of that soul contract between myself and between him. And I didn't take any animosity or baggage with me like that. And I most definitely didn't project it onto my children. The only negative thing I've ever said about him or thought about him was a few months ago. Remember when I came on to make the podcast about it stating that my children's father had had the stroke. He had three strokes in a day. Okay. That was, and I was angry because I was like, this is the last thing that I need is for him to be sick like that. Cause my daughter, Rachel, she had sent me the text and told me, and we talked on the phone after that. That's the only negative thing I've said about him. That's it. And the relationship wasn't highly positive. The marriage wasn't like that. So, but I wasn't going to take the baggage with me. And I was definitely wasn't going to project it onto my children. Those are different relationships. Them as a father, child, me as a wife, husband, like that. So you don't want to take baggage with you in no type of way. Because if you do, you're going to project it subconsciously, unconsciously onto the next partner. You're already bringing baggage energy, no matter how nice and sweet you try to be, because you have unresolved issues like that. That's why you take all that into consideration. Think deeper and don't make it all about the other person. Think deeper in how doing that benefits you. Like that. <laughs>